0: Welcome to the show. It's Friday, so that means I'm out, and it's also hashtag FOF, or F-O-F. Friends on Fridays. This Friday, we will broadcast John Zipper's week-to-week show. The program today is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. And now here's Week to Week with John Zipper
1: i'm john zipperer the host of the commonwealth club's week to week politics program you can find out more about week to week and all of the commonwealth club's many programs including videos and audio at commonwealthclub.org now let's join this week's program
2: Good evening, and welcome to today's meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California, the place where you're in the know. We're online at Commonwealthclub.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and check out our YouTube channel. I'm Melissa Kane, you're a moderator for today's program. Uh, Will Durst has been hailed by the New York Times as quite possibly the best political satirist in the country today.
3: Wild. <laughs> Not a recent quote. <laughs>
2: Sweeping both sides of the aisle with a mix of incredulity and common sense, Will Durst transcends party lines, having performed at events honoring former presidents Bill Clinton and George H.W. Bush. He is as current as today's headlines, outraged and outrageous. Durst is a five-time Emmy nominee. He has been fired by PBS three times. He has told jokes in 14 countries. He has racked up seven nominations for stand-up of the year and has been on television more than 800 times, including Letterman, NBC, CNN, Fox News, ABC, the BBC, CIA, FBI, and more. His Broadway one-man show, The All-American Sport of Bipartisan Bashing, and A Book of the Same Name, received rave reviews from both the New York Times and the New York Post. He continues to be a leading voice in American political satire. His latest one-man show, Elect to Laugh, 2016, is in theaters around the Bay Area, including every Tuesday at the Marsh in San Francisco. You should definitely check it out. Everyone, please welcome to the Commonwealth Club, Will Durst.
1: (laughs) Thank you.
3: Thank you so much for being here, and thank you, Miss Melissa. Uh, I, uh, this, I'm lucky. (laughs) Every four years, every political comic says, oh, you know, uh, every election cycle is good, but especially this time. But especially this time! (laughs) And uh, I have a career every four years for a month. (laughs) And this is that month. Uh, So I got now, between now and November 8th, uh, and I've written all this material, and on uh, I, I, November 9th, it's going to evaporate. <laughs> People will be so sick and tired of politics. It'll be la-la-la-la-la, <laughs> so I'll have to pivot, uh, you know, one of the buzzwords right now. Uh, and I have no idea what I'm going to do, but uh, right now, I'm just running as fast as I can to keep up, because... Every day there's something with this guy. He is, uh, yeah, so he's, he's, um, it's it's good and it's bad. Everybody says, oh, he must be a gift from comedy heaven. Well, yeah, but no, I mean, how do you parody a parody? You know? Seriously, Donald Trump is the GOP nominee for president. That's the joke. (laughs) Everything else is farce. <laughs> it's like trying to staple smoke.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm just trying to keep up. And in my little show, what I do, because I, I did this in 2012, and I had the same experience. And in 2012, uh, I started out on Super Tuesday doing the show, and it was about 70 minutes long. And by election night, Uh, It was every Tuesday at the Marsh and election night. We taped the show. It was two hours and five minutes long. And so it just keeps building. And and I'm I'm so lucky because I have people who are interested in politics coming to see the show rather than a comedy club audience. You know, the average age of a comedy club audience is 18 to 35, which was great when I was 18 to 35. but Now that I'm approaching 40. (laughs) I always hate that gets the biggest laugh of the show. Um, (laughs) But I'm too old for the comedy clubs and I'm not famous enough. So, you know, I've clawed my way to the middle and (laughs) don't get me wrong. I like the middle, but uh, at the comedy club, they want to see their own generation represented. So that's why it's great to do the little one man shows because people come. On purpose to see politics. And I can talk about Mike Huckabee, and they know who, who I mean, you know, and it's not like I have to explain everything. So that's, that's why I love it. That's, and, and I'll be there, and I have no idea what's good, because we got the debates coming up.
2: And now, you were at the conventions. I we was. were both at both conventions. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, for the Republican convention, especially, uh, uh, you know, there was this, uh, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of angst about sort of what was going to happen there. Especially when we found out you could carry guns inside the exclusion zone. <laughs> and it was one of these sort of like, make sure your will is in order before you actually go to this convention. Um, what did you think of the protests and the protesters and how that went down?
3: Uh I, I thought uh your husband put it best. I thought Christopher, you know, they were so polite, you know, they were Midwestern protesters. Uh you know. but they had prepared, I mean they had cops imported from all over the and there were there were no Republicans there. You know, No, they all did. And Kasich, you know, the, the governor of Ohio, he didn't show up. He didn't make a big deal out of it, though. I mean, he just did. Jeff Flake, the Arizona Republican senator going up for re-election this year, he said he didn't go because he had to mow the lawn. <laughs> Which is, is that a
2: euphemism it, for something? No, yeah, no. Okay.
3: He meant it literally. <laughs> and it's Arizona. There is no lawn.
2: <laughs>
3: but, I mean, so it was full of Trumpses. I mean, there was... It, it, was does,
2: it did seem like it was the Trump the Trump convention as opposed to just a, a normal GOP
3: yeah, convention. For good and bad.
2: Now, who was your favorite speaker? Or did, who did you think was most
3: entertaining? Uh, I liked uh, Millenia. I thought... Uh, <laughs> Poor she, baby. She was so pretty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you will unfairly impugn, you know, the integrity of all fashion model writing, you know, after. <laughs> uh, so.
2: Um, did you say, look, inside the convention, it was interesting because no one seemed to care when the whole thing exploded on Twitter and was all over CNN the next day and everybody in the convention center, if you went up to any of them, they were like, yeah, we don't, it's fine. Uh, I thought that was so, it was so, like, it was such a bubble. That we were in.
3: You, you know what was weird was they thought it was a killer speech, and it was. When you when you were there and you watched her speech, she was incredible, and and you know, and and then, boom! The first night ended on such a oh wait a minute she ripped it off, you know, <clears throat> you know that is so Trumpian. Um, <laughs> And and then it, the whole the whole thing, the all the momentum that they had built up was destroyed in that one day. And then and then <laughs> and then they had uh Ben Carcinogenic uh who, who called Hillary a disciple of Lucifer. <clears throat> Where do you go from there? <laughs> There's not a lot of wiggle room after that. Uh, And then, of course, Ted Cruz, who refused to endorse
2: him. Was was that a smart move or no? What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think he stole the page from Trump's playbook, you know, because people were talking about him. It didn't matter whether it was good or bad. I mean, they they talked about Ted Cruz. And he put himself in position to be the front runner for 2020. And that race starts, by the way, on November 9th, 2016.
2: (laughs) Uh, we had uh, Chelsea speaking at the Democratic Convention. We had Ivanka speaking at the Republican Convention. What did you think of the, the daughter's speeches?
3: Well, it, it, it was weird because uh, at, at it, I mean, it was Trumpapalooza. The first day, the third wife spoke. And then the second day, the daughter of the second wife spoke. And then also the, the son of the first wife. And then the third day, the, the other son of the first wife. And then the fourth day. <laughs> The daughter of the first wife introduced the fertile and fickle man himself. (laughs) And they were joined by the son of the third wife. So it was just all Trump all the time. (laughs) And they were all blonde. Did you notice that? They were all, even the ones who weren't blonde were blonde. Hey, now. I mean that in a good way. (laughs) But it was white. If the RNC had an official meal, it would have been mashed potatoes on a paper plate with a side of leeks. I felt so bad for that one black delegate that they kept following around, and they tried to make him look like a crowd by using different camera angles and put him in different costumes, and had hats and beards and stuff. Poor baby. <laughs>
2: Well, speaking of sort of uh, white, um, we've got two vice presidential candidates who are, uh, you know, the word the word nougat comes to mind. Yeah, don't die. <laughs> I know, comedian killer. Uh, don't die. The word nougat comes to mind. This sort of like white <laughs> substance. You're like I'm not really sure. It's kind of taking up space. I don't really know what this is. Um, it's not really adding much to what's happening. Like since. Uh, Kennedy picked, um, Johnson. It right seems right. like we've been well, trying to make these interesting Bush. every, in- well, true, I mean, there's always a pick, but, but we've been trying to make it interesting ever since. Should we just give up?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Should well, we stop and thing- just say,
2: it's just going to be so boring,
3: dude. Oh, uh, yeah, pants. <laughs> I mean, he he himself, we're not telling tales out of school. Pence himself said he's not the most exciting politician in the world, which is understatement. I mean, he makes Vanilla look exotic, honest to God. <laughs> and, but he's smart. He's a smart pick because, you know, he's the yin for uh, uh, Trump's yang. He's the conservative for the renegade. He's the... He's the soft green moss to cover the sh- spiky shards. He's the <laughs> 2% milk for the hydrochloric. Okay, you get the idea. <laughs> but, but also, Kane is the same thing. I mean, Kane could accept a charisma implant from Al Gore.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, so, what about? <laughs> I can't wait for the debate going to have to spray the stage with Thompson's water suit. I
2: was going to say I think your that that statement is probably not going to be uttered again. <laughs> the I can't wait for the VP debate. You're never going to hear that again, America.
3: <laughs> I don't think the FDA is going to allow it to be broadcast on car radios. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now you uh you, you wrote that um, Hillary Clinton is a former first lady, former U.S. senator, former secretary of state, former female, former human. <laughs> um, does one need to be human to run for president? <laughs> and what part of yourself do you have to kill?
3: Well, I mean, look at what she's gone through. I mean, she was first lady. They said, this is what they said about her when she was first lady. She's a liar. She's a thief. She's a lesbian. She murdered Vince Foster with her bare hands. <laughs> and then ate him. That's, that's when she was first lady. Can you imagine saying anything like that about Laura Bush or, or Nancy Ray Well, maybe Nancy Ray. But, <laughs> but I mean, they just, they have, and they hate her so badly. I, 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 I don't know why. I don't know if it's that one statement she made in 92 where I'm not going to stay home and and bake cookies, you know, and that that ticked everybody off and it, you know, they worried about their women folk at home putting on shoes and getting out of the kitchen or what. Yeah. I don't I don't know why, but it's biochemical with Republicans. It really is. Well,
2: at the convention, right? There were a couple of moments where, you know, the the whole stadium oh, yeah, lock her crazy. Up. yeah lock her up or no, guilty no. during the chris christie speech i mean
0: yeah
3: what is what
2: you what did you make of uh yeah. you know thousands of people chanting
3: that well it, it's i mean all you gotta do is mention her name and they the republican party at uh, each individual they start twitching like a hamster duct tape to a rotor tiller honest yeah. to god it, <laughs> it's, they make cartoon noises they do uh, hillary Clinton. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this, this whole race, just to see the smoke shooting out of Bill O'Reilly's ear every night, you know, the the little trickle blood coming out of his eye (laughs) or his whatever.
2: And Trump has Trump has been really good about uh, making up nicknames. He's very effective during the primaries with yeah, you know yeah. little Marco, uh, crooked Hillary. Do you are you let down by that a little bit? Did you think he could do better? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, actually, I think it's pretty apt. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, but I just felt like uh, um, you know his other you know sort of tired jib um, was yeah so low energy jab low jib. energy jab was yeah. sort of sort of spot on and um, and original. And I just thought crooked Hillary. Come on now
3: I, I wonder why no one's come back on him you know dopey donald you know? <laughs> i was i was with willie brown we did a pardon <laughs> donald trump yeah well uh, willie brown said that he should be crazy trump because he loves to brand everything and so you got the trump there um I, I don't know why nobody's been able to come back
0: if only there was a comedian We'll be back with more here on Friends on Fridays with John Zipperer of Commonwealth Club. Right after this, you're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at progressivevoices.com.
2: Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family.
0: So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com.
1: Weatherford BMW is where I spend a lot of my time. I love what I do, and I love the people I work with. But work's not the only thing I love. I love the everyday simple things in life, like mornings at my favorite coffee shop, taking walks with my dogs around Point Isabel, and spoiling my partner for a scenic but thrilling ride. That's the beauty of living the Bay Area dream. We're just being ourselves, living our authentic life.
0: Live your authentic life, a special message by Weatherford BMW.
1: When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.alegrecare.com. Allegra Home Care. Serving your community. (laughs) I'm going with
3: Dopey Donald. (laughs) Dopey Donald says he wants a purple heart, which means he either wants to be wounded or killed. (laughs) I don't think he's alone. (laughs) Dopey.
2: Are you calling on those Second Amendment people, Lady Jack? I know, yeah.
3: (laughs) There's got to be a Second Amendment remedy to Donald Trump. uh, I'm being sarcastic. I'm a comic.
2: What do you make of this, of this, you know, say making a statement, walking it back, making a statement, walk. oh, I didn't mean, you know, I wasn't making fun of that reporter. I wasn't imitating that reporter. I wasn't.
3: That That one's, there's, there's physical evidence. I mean, mocking a disabled guy. And I don't think we've ever had an oaf for a president. We've had liars, we've had thieves, we've had cheats, but never an oaf.
2: That's where we draw the line. Yeah. The line is at oaf, oh, by the Dead way. Straight. Not liar or cheat. No! <laughs> <They're> all,
3: <laughs> the only time I trust a politician is when he calls the other guy a liar. That's the only time he's telling the truth.
2: <laughs> uh, I have a question here from the audience. It says, these days, why would anyone admit to being a Republican? Perhaps admitted by a Republican.
3: People. We're in the 415 area code. <laughs> this is not the real world. All right? <laughs> San Francisco is a 49-square-mile circus in search of a tent. <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> Melissa and I were speaking of this earlier about she's from Georgia and I'm from Wisconsin. And I go back home, and I'm a commie pinko yellow rat bastard. Mm-hmm. But in San Francisco, I'm a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What, are, what, are you, what happens when you go back to Marietta? Uh, I don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Problem solved.
2: <laughs> so not sure about that. <laughs> Uh, this question says, if Trump is elected president, are we headed for an uh, illiberal democracy or an autocracy? So are we headed for catastrophe or like serious catastrophe? <laughs> like, I, guess, I guess it's kind of what this question is.
3: You know, uh, both Hillary and Donald, the, the Donald and the Hillary, they both are fond of saying if the other person is elected, that uh, it'll be a disaster, you know, but hey, come on, man. I mean, you know, we're pretty resilient. Uh, we we made it through uh, Reagan and Clinton and Carter and Nixon and and Jackson and Harding and Coolidge and Vixen uh, But James do
2: you recall
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so i i think i think we'll be okay i think uh, although the the joke at, uh, at Cleveland, the convention, because I was uh, with Free Speech TV. And uh, Free Speech TV is uh, a little to the left of Fidel. So uh, <laughs> no. but they're great people. I mean, Amy Goodman is their moderate. OK, yeah. So <laughs> I love that this audience is like, yeah, we know. I know. I know. <laughs> this audience got that joke, which nobody else would ever get that joke. Um, but uh, they're they're uh, really good, and, and everybody. The joke amongst the journalists was, "Let's say Trump wins. What are you doing, North or South?"
1: <laughs>
3: and everybody knew what everybody was talking about. <laughs> and my answer was Vancouver to learn Spanish.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think Willie Brown once said, "You know, if he wins, there's going to be a wall, and Canada's going to build it to keep, <laughs> to keep us out." <laughs> Uh, uh, on a related note, uh, if Trump were to be elected, how soon thereafter would he be impeached? And <laughs> who would he sue?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, the amazing thing is, uh, you know, you ask about a uh, Republican, but people really believe, you know, because uh my dad i'm a third generation factory rat my dad worked at alice chalmers my my grandpa worked at out i worked there for a summer so i mean we were all and back then my dad could you know earn a living own a house own a second house in in uh, in upper wisconsin northern wisconsin and have a boat all on one sound you can't do that anymore and that's why people you know, can, can kind of cleave under what, what Trump is saying. And another reason is, it's easy to believe what Trump says because he has two positions on every issue. <laughs> so, you, well, I, I believe, well, yeah, he's pro-abortion, he's anti-abortion, he's going to show his tax records, he's not going to show his tax records, he's a close personal friend of Putin, he doesn't know who the guy is. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's easy to see why people believe him.
2: Uh, well, yeah, so today we learned that Manafort is going to be sharing the leadership of the Trump campaign um, with some folks. Um, Breitbart. One from Breitbart, uh, another female pollster just from the Republican Party. Um, this is a question. I will read it to you. Since Manafort is out and an even eviler guy is coming in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's an apt description. What? Well, <laughs>
2: What do you know about him? Sort of what do you think is going to happen with the campaign?
3: I, I, I think uh, Trump said it the other day, no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was him being nice. <laughs> and he said he actually said Trump said that he thought that his convention speech was optimistic. <laughs> he said that. I think, yeah, that's the problem. You actually believe that that was a, I'd hate to see you on one of your dark days. (laughs) He better be taking his meds.
2: (laughs) Uh, So last, this question says, last week Trevor Noah said the key to understanding Trump is to understand that he is a stand-up comic. Are you offended by this? (laughs) By being lumped in with Donald Trump? Um, What's your comment on Trump as a stand-up comic?
3: Well it's Or maybe
2: perform as artist.
3: Yeah, yeah. I would go I think, you know, there is uh, anybody see the producers, you know, the Melbourne. There's the producer's theory in that, you know, he is trying to do the most outrageous campaign. You know, he's got a script about a Nazi and and uh, you know he refuses to and he's he's got fifty percent to Mrs. Cathcart and 50% and he's just taking in the money because you know he's spending money. At his own properties, at like uh, Mar-a-Lago, he spent half a million, and he spent half a million at Trump Tower. He's paying himself to sleep in his own bed. (laughs) This guy isn't as dumb as his hair looks. (laughs) No, I mean, he's not self-funding. He lent his campaign money, and then uh, he expects to be paid back. That's why. He's soliciting donations to pay himself for the money he lent his campaign to buy stuff from himself. Yeah. This is straight out of the catalog at Trump University, man. This is, it's double-dipping 101.
2: If you look at his, uh, his campaign filings, actually, you'll see that there are several thousand dollars paid to Trump ICE apparently there he has a company that sells ice uh, the best ice obviously Uh, (laughs) but it has furnished ice to various events and things and then he has paid him for that with his campaign so that's that's for people who lost the recipe um, (laughs) (laughs) so this question says um note i think both candidates are awful But um, you both seem to be pro Hillary. Please name two things she's accomplished um, without horrific side effects.
3: Seriously, dude? Um, Well, I agree. Both candidates will make you sick. One will give you intestinal cramps, and the other, Ebola. (laughs) So you pick.
2: Uh, now, you've said, like, sort of from a comedian standpoint, Donald Trump is difficult to parody. Uh, who would be your dream candidate? Like, which of the other candidates you wish had won that you could make more fun of?
3: I'll tell you, the hardest, uh, Romney was tough. Romney was tough because, uh, you know, there was just the, the rich guy and the Mormon family, and you don't want to pick on a guy's religion. Jimmy Carter was really hard because you felt bad making fun of him you know it was like kicking a puppy it was still is yeah kind of Reagan was great uh George W was the best because he was such an arrogant little uh so you didn't feel bad you know you you felt like you were doing a public service (laughs) (laughs) and and I I he was ripping read I had I always carry these three by five and at the end of Bush's second reign of error i had both sides full of verbatim quotes and i would just one was uh i think we could all agree the past is over true true
2: (laughs) well you said your job ends on november 8th what uh what if trump is elected then uh
3: Well, you remember? Will you be be thrilled? Remember the year two thousand? You know, where it went on and on and Gore. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, maybe January twenty-first. But it's not. uh, Yeah, it. it, There's, there's always something. The the hard part is not writing it. It's, it's getting rid of the old material. That's the hard. You know, pushing out of the. uh, For instance, my, my William Howard Taft material
0: was legendary
2: great. legendary Just talking about
3: taft <laughs> shut your mouth
2: <laughs> uh this person writes i missed the time when republicans and democrats had an underpinning of civility and respect uh do you
3: no <laughs> <laughs> no i'm a comedian uh, it's easier it's it's harder to take out Democrats uh, because they see the shades of gray, whereas Republicans, it's all black and white, you know, and so it's easier to mock and scoff and taunt. So uh, I I actually do better when Republicans. I man, the best part of my career was, uh, you know, 1980 through 1992 uh, when you had uh, Reagan Reagan (laughs) kind (laughs) of Reagan.
2: Are you voting for Trump for that reason?
3: No, I couldn't do that, Okay. no. And it doesn't matter, in California, That's true. That's true. are you kidding? That's why it was so exciting to have the primary actually last, thank you Bernie, you know, because we got to see ads, we never get to see ads in California, <laughs> you
0: know?
3: You know? maybe once in a while they'll throw an ad into a national program you know like the emmys or something but we got to see local ads with bernie bernie came to cloverdale for crumbs yeah it was very exciting you know uh
2: what did you so california bernie supporters were some of the most vocal folks at the democratic convention um what did you make of all that
3: that was funny wasn't it
2: it was it was one of these like these are my people i was literally standing sort of and like trying to do a newscast, and they were right here, and every mention of Hillary.
0: Boo. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Crazy, crazy boos. Um, And that was on the first day. Uh, At the end of the convention, I have to tell you, there's this, I went back through to to pick up some like souvenirs and stuff, so I grabbed some Hillary signs and stuff for people. And one of the signs that I picked up was from the Bernie supporters, and somebody had written, just handwritten on a big piece of whiteboard, um, are there any signs that I am missing? And that was in the Bernie section. And I was like, this is so many levels. I don't know what to do.
0: (laughs) We'll be back with more here on Friends on Fridays with John Zipperer of Commonwealth Club right after this.
4: I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for
2: This is so strange. But to, to look at, you know, sort of who the, the sort of uh, most vocal folks were and for it to be California The
3: California Bernie people. Mm-hmm. That's where they actually put, uh, according, and I don't know if this is true, but they put the little sound muter up there mm-hmm. to stop the booze from reaching the rest of the arena from the California people. So they altered the architecture, you know. And the, the Bernie people, it was like a contest to see who could be the burniest you know and and bernie didn't even make the cut (laughs) he got booed they booed bernie they're strict (laughs) debbie wasserman schultz got got shouted down from addressing the breakfast meeting of her own state's delegation.
2: Why would she do that? Why would she even try to make that speech? That was the crazy thing. You knew she was going to get... You didn't
3: know. She thought she had a handle on her people.
2: Uh, Oh, well, uh, that was not... No. Not the case. (laughs) No. And that's where the Russian hackers come in. Getting... (laughs) getting. No. Um, but yeah, so the California delegation had a breakfast the day after the, of so the Tuesday of uh, of the convention, and Bernie Sanders showed up to, you know, for <laughs> for obvious reasons, <laughs> and then um, was booed down by uh, by by a number of the folks in the California delegation again, who said, you know, what you want, you asked for a revolution, and. You got one. Um, This is the Commonwealth Club of California, a program where we are talking with political comedian Will Durst, and we're talking about the election madness. I'm Melissa Kane, your moderator. You can listen to the Commonwealth Club programs on radio or podcast. You can watch our YouTube channel. Also, check us out on our website or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We also have another comment, uh, another question from the audience that says, forget politics, what are we going to do about the Giants? (laughs) Help us.
3: I Help cu- us, I- Mr. Durst. I couldn't even watch today. I couldn't even watch. Bases loaded, nobody out t- uh, bottom of the ninth, and he hits into a double play. I just, I I, I couldn't even watch. I did, but I couldn't. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, it's all about September, though. It's all about September. You watch, though. They, This team, at any time, could just, boom, win 10 in a row, just very easily. Yeah, it's, it's getting the mojo back, that's all. Sorry, I'm telling you more than you need to
2: Interesting. You sound like someone else. You sound like maybe uh, Paul Manafort. (laughs) 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 Wait till September. We're going to be fine. It could totally turn around. (laughs) Well, that's the
3: problem. You know, I mean, because they had to have the conventions before the Olympics. A lot of times they have them after. But this time, for some reason, they decided beforehand. But then you have the Olympics in August. And then you start sending the kids off to school, and then it's uh, Labor Day, and then baseball playoffs, and football starts. But you watch right around Halloween, people are gonna start paying attention.
2: <laughs> now, having been to both conventions, what um, what did you see as the, as the as the most important differences between them, as in terms of the vibe, you know, sort of? The, the cheesecakes people... are better in Philly. True. You really, did you get out to Philly? Because the, the compound was so yeah, far yeah. removed. I never got out. Did you take the subway? I never got out of the green zone.
3: Did you take the subway? Uh,
2: no, no, no. You didn't no. go into downtown? Uh, No, I mean, because you're, you know, you're sort of stuck there all day listening to the people scheduled to speak at 2 p.m. The state senator from Illinois who, you know, or whatever, the, those folks. Yeah. Um. So you're sort of stuck there listening to stuff. So, no, we, we were stuck in there and they were, uh, it was all like hamburgers and bratwurst and, you know, again vegetarian. Uh, But when I got to the Democratic convention, you walk in and like, it's the very first, the the main gate, you remember this main gate, you walk in and there's this big sign, this big vertical sign that says gluten-free zone. (laughs) (laughs) In case you didn't know which convention you were at. It's like, oh yeah. (laughs) It's the Democratic one. I'm going to be fine. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, and you know those things that they, they uh, kids put in their ears—the little thing—and it gets bigger and bigger, and they get bigger and bigger. You didn't see a lot of those at the Republican
2: convention.
0: <laughs> there were
3: more at the Democrat. A lot more stiletto heels, bigger hair at the Republican convention, uh, more gray ponytails at the Democratic convention. <laughs> it was—you felt like it was my people, you
2: know. <laughs> And uh, it was interesting, at the Republican convention, the California delegation was actually sort of front row. Now, that's not usually something you see because it's California. You ain't getting those electoral votes. But, um, but because a state like Texas went for Ted Cruz, they, and, and California went so overwhelmingly for Trump, they ended up with awesome seats right up front. It was, I was talking to some of the delegates, and they were saying, you know, usually we're met with kind of um, pity. Uh, LAUGHTER <laughs> Or irrelevance, you know, were kind of uh, not treated that great at these conventions, but this time they were uh they were really the bells of the ball. and at the end, when they when they cast their votes, it was a big cheer right you now. wouldn't
3: you wouldn't think that uh, you know the the national parties would be that petty to reward a state or you know to punish a state, but they are <laughs> you know, according to the candidate. Yeah.
2: Uh, and if you looked at the seating chart, you could see. Who was the Trump supporters were right up front, and anyone who, any state that did not vote for Trump was banished, sort of, to the back, and that was kind of important because some of these motions you were people were trying to make to to open up the voting and things like that. You had to, or were, were verbal, and so they're just like literally like screaming from the back of the room. Meanwhile, like New York and California are chanting USA to kind of drown the whole thing out. So the geography of the setup is actually important. But uh, Clinton did it too. The Democratic convention same thing. May, that's a re, there's a reason why California and its loud Bernie delegates were in like the back of the room like uh and Maine and some of the some of the other states that voted for Bernie were way Washer, way way Oregon, back in the back. Yeah. They were yeah. way in the nosebleed seats. Um, okay, I digress. So what is your favorite moniker for Trump supporters? Trumpeters?
3: Trumpians? <laughs> Trumpazoids. <laughs> the Z always works. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's funny because, you know, it was he's he's hooked into the Tea Party thing and and the Tea Party was, uh, uh, you know, so and I think it was racially motivated in 2010, you know, against and not racist, but racial, you know, we we're taking our country back from the black guy. You know, that was uh, and and the same thing. We're going to make America great again after the black guy. You know, and I and I, I America is. Pretty good. I don't understand why they've created this giant crisis. You know, uh, America's a disaster. Well, well, no, it's not. No, what are you talking about? You know, so that's that's
2: yeah. Uh, so we've got a, a note here to ask you to weigh in on Gary Johnson, the Libertarian candidate, who's polling relatively well, um, eight, yeah, eight to ten percent.
3: Yeah, he uh, was at eleven, and he only needs four more percentage points to get to fifteen to qualify for the debates. Uh, but a lot of people think that the, the ticket should be switched. It should be William Weld on top and Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson, you know, he's, he's kind of a firebrand. He's kind of a wildcatter. He's, he, he, what's, what's he doing now? He sells pot for a living? He sells medical marijuana? And he actually, he actually made a vow that if elected president, he will stop smoking pot. <laughs> so we got that going for us. <laughs> Then there's Dr. Jill Stein, and then there's Evan McKinnon, the CIA guy who's running just to mess with Trump in Utah. <laughs> wow, this is such a weird election. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh,
2: well, yeah, and remember, if he was, if he's able to win electoral college votes and force a tie, it goes to the House of Representatives.
3: <clears throat> he doesn't. He, it's not gonna be a tie. Um, he's just, McKinnon's going to take some votes out of Colorado and some out of Utah. It'll make it a little more difficult for Trump to win.
2: He's suing now to get on the ballot in California. He missed the deadline and then he's suing. Kind of like when you do badly on a test and then your parent calls the teacher. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that was really unfair. She worked so hard. (laughs) But he's he's in the process of suing to be on our ballot as well.
3: Who's, uh, who's calling on his behalf? What dad? Is it the Mormon church is calling? Uh,
2: in California? Yeah,
3: I don't think that's going to help.
2: Uh, no, in California, is just the robust uh, libertarian oh. legal fund. I mean, they've sued to be on ballot in a number of states.
3: And everybody knows what a libertarian is. It's a Democrat with a gun or a Republican that smokes pot. <laughs> Hence, Gary Johnson. <laughs>
2: Uh, so in the, this person writes, so in the Trump acceptance speech, he supported LGBTQ, uh,
3: rights. Yeah, but he couldn't pronounce it. (laughs) Did you see him read it? I have to tell it (laughs) LGBTQ. And Q stands for questioning. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think he knew that. And so he was a little confused if that was real because he knows another word that starts with Q, and he didn't think that should be part of it. So you can see all that wash through his brain as he's reading the teleprompter going.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Were you just being sarcastic? Or Or just putting it out
4: there?
3: Yeah, his whole campaign is a joke. I, I can understand
2: um, do, you, so, uh, uh, one congressman from California, a congresswoman from California, Karen Bass, has, um, filed a petition, an online petition, uh, demanding that Donald Trump be mentally examined, basically, <laughs> by a professional. And it's gotten, as you might imagine, a number of signatures, both in America and from abroad. Uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts? What do you, what do you think someone might find if they did an actual, like, serious evaluation, and do you think his supporters would care?
3: Yeah, he's kind of got, you know, a hard floor of people. I mean, 63% of of the Trump supporters still think that Obama is Muslim. And that doesn't include a healthy percentage that think he's Muslim, (laughs) which is a loosely woven cotton fabric.
2: Prove he's not. Prove he's not.
3: So yeah, his his people are just with him, you know, they don't they don't care. They don't they don't yeah? And I don't know if he can get above that, especially with the uh, you know, these new guys who are gonna uh, yeah, we're not gonna make him as likable, you know, make him fierce. He's gonna be battle tested. Yeah, it's gonna be ugly.
2: And so yeah, we're looking at sort of the the third revolution inside his I campaign. Know. It looks like the third reset. Uh, here uh, how hopeful are you Uh, that that's gonna work
3: no he's he's toast but the problem with Trump and I heard this is not original I heard uh, somebody on one of the uh, the shows I don't know if it was Chris Matthews or whatever but a lady journalist uh, uh, called Trump a monkey with a gun (laughs) sure you're in a fight with a monkey and you're a human so you should win but he's got a gun And he's a monkey.
0: So you don't know what he's going to do with the gun.
3: And I think that's what Trump is. He's Uh, a monkey with a gun.
0: We'll be back with more here on Friends on Fridays with John Zipperer of Commonwealth Club right after this. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Babe,
2: I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family.
0: So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com.
1: Weatherford BMW is where I spend a lot of my time. I love what I do and I love the people I work with. But work's not the only thing I love. I love the everyday simple things in life, like mornings at my favorite coffee shop, taking walks with my dogs around Point Isabel, and spoiling my partner for a scenic but thrilling ride. That's the beauty of living the Bay Area dream. We're just being ourselves, living our authentic life. Live your
0: authentic life, a special message by Weatherford BMW.
1: A-L-E-G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community.
2: Uh, Now, is Hillary Clinton just incredibly lucky to be running against a monkey with a gun? Could she beat a non-monkey with a gun?
3: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, she's... uh, As Obama called her, you know, she uh, he called her the most qualified aspirant ever, and uh, it, it was funny because you had that that great lineup, you know, you had you had uh, Michelle Obama who gave this wonderful speech, and I can't wait for Melania to spin on it, and then you had, <laughs> and then you had Bill, and remember what he did in 2012 for Barack, mm-hmm. and he just. He just kind of turned everything around for Barack, and Barack actually called him the the secretary of splainin' stuff. Um, remember, that was the arithmetic speech. And so Michelle did for Hillary what Barack did for, uh, what Bill did for Barack, and, the, and then Barack, you know, what, what great speech. And then poor Hillary had to follow all these people. <laughs> You know, which is like, I don't know, it's like following the Rolling Stones, you know? with And they turned off your mic. Uh, so, yeah. And then, oh, it was, uh, and then Joe Biden, who, you know, used the word malarkey, and that is always endearing. Um, but I thought she gave a great speech, although the white suit was a little much, you know? Yeah, it looked like she was a bride walking out to marry America, you know. (laughs) But I thought, uh, you know, she was was challenged with having to give the best speech of her life, and the good news is she did, and the bad news is that was it. (laughs)
2: Uh, there was so much work at the convention to sort of humanize her. There were lots of videos and <laughs> and speeches. I mean, Bill Clinton's whole speech was, you know, I met a girl in 1971, uh, and so. <laughs> and then I met Hillary. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. D- did it? Ooh.
3: Uh, Ooh. It's called Wheelhouse.
2: It's it's my job. Uh, So, uh, did did it work? Did you come away from the convention um, feeling like she's less of a cyborg, as you were?
3: Well, you know, she... Making Hillary cuddly is a tough job. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like gluing goose down to the side of a barracuda. Because... I think she's smart and she's uh, she's capable, but we don't see and see that's normally the pathway is Republicans fall in line and Democrats fall in love. But this time it was reversed. Republicans fell in love with it. And and Bernie, they fell in love. the problem I had with Bernie was he has never had a negative ad run against him ever. Not once in Vermont, in any of his races, not once. And And Hillary didn't dare throw out a negative ad, you know, because his supporters are like little people covered in fairy dust and you can't touch them. Otherwise, you know, the oil from your fingers, well, they'll never be able to fly again. Uh, So, so, and, but remember what they did to John Kerry. John Kerry and you may not remember he's a secretary somewhere i don't know what he's doing (laughs) Uh, but Kerry, legitimate vietnam veteran war hero bronze star silver star three purple hearts and and they were able to make him out because they found some guys who didn't like the fact that he turned against the war and they got him and they and george w bush who 60 minutes had a report and the Providence was was questioned but never the report itself that he might have left his post in the Alabama National Guard without authorization so you have a borderline deserter accusing a war hero being a traitor and America bought it (laughs) and now you're dealing with Bernie Bernie who who honeymooned in the Soviet Union Well, it wasn't a honeymoon. Well, what was it? It was the first trip we took after we were married. That's what a honeymoon is. (laughs) So I I think he might have been vulnerable. That's all.
2: Well, that well that goes to the issue of uh, the, the the whole thing that people were chanting and sort of crying about at the convention was that they believed that only Bernie could beat Donald Trump because there were these polls showing that he did. But, to, you know, a Hillary supporter would just say, well, you never had a negative ad run against you. Ever! That's why you look good next to Trump. Um, do you think that Sanders could have beat Donald Trump? No.
3: No, for that very reason that I, that I say. Although... Uh, And the kids always say they're going to come out and vote, and then they never do. Did you ever notice that? Yeah, oh, we're going to vote. Oh, we're going to vote. Rock the vote. Uh, You know, yes, mock the vote. Ah, Yeah, Hock the vote. Yeah, but uh, no, so it would have been tough. Although Obama was able to get this new kind of constituency. And I think he hates Trump. He hates him. The fact, and Obama, so smart, and that's the problem, is that he is so smart, and he knows he's so smart, and he assumes he's the smartest guy in any room, and a lot of times he is, you know, and then he's going to be followed by a monkey with a gun? He'll do anything he can for Hillary. And, you know, they don't, you know.
2: Oh, yeah, there is this theory that because of the uh, President Obama's comments at the White House Correspondents' Dinner against Donald Trump, that Donald Trump sort of went home and began thinking, 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 you know, maybe I should (laughs) like that.
3: Remember that (laughs) shot of him uh, in that audience?
2: (laughs) That that's why he's running for president, to get back at President Obama. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that?
3: I think he's uh, petty and uh, you know surface, and he, he's all talk. There's no substance there. You know. Well, uh, what do you think of foreign policy? Well, uh, I know more than the generals. You know. He always, you know, uh, I'm uh, he's always number one in everything, including humility. You know? <laughs> you know. I watch I watch the Sunday shows. Well, dude, I watch the Sunday shows. <laughs> I shouldn't be president.
2: (laughs) Uh, This question. How would you describe the crowd at a Trump rally to someone who doesn't know anything about them?
3: Um, Skinheads with hair. You are the best. (laughs) Just right on a tee. We're
2: playing tee ball here. Uh, Now this one I'm not familiar with. So it says um, that the creator of Dilbert, Scott Adams, has done um, has been supporting Donald Trump apparently. Uh, Really? Apparently. Really. uh, And the question is, has Scott Adams lost? Sarcastically
3: or? No, No? it
2: seems like legit. Huh. Huh. Um. Well, yeah. would he be the only comic supporting Trump?
3: No, there are uh, there are a couple of uh Scott Bile <laughs> Scott, Bile, Scott is not the funny. <laughs> yeah, kind of sad that was the number one celebrity he could get. Uh <laughs> Scott Bile <laughs> Chachi loves Donnie. Um but uh I think there's a, there's a couple of other there's some conservative comedians uh uh Dennis Miller is a conservative comedian and he's still funny, you know, and he finds he finds the hypocrisy. And so I I think that's yeah, you know, I mean there's most of us are uh liberal. There's
2: Even like PJ O'Rourke has come out and said he's going to vote for Hillary Clinton.
3: Well, that's because he's educated. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh Let's see. Um, Republican Congressman John Katko said that having to share the ballot with Trump is, quote, why God made scotch. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah. Uh, the best lines of the campaign, actually, uh, a guy I had no respect for until the primary process. And that was South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. And, uh, yeah. Hilarious. Smart, hilarious, candid. And, and, you know, there was no artifice. He actually, he had the best two lines trying to burnish his, uh, his bipartisan bona fides. He talked about his role model, Ronald Reagan, who would fight tooth and nail with Tip O'Neill during the day, but then at night, they go out drinking at the Palms in, in Washington, DC. And so he actually said this during a debate, that that would be his first order of business after being elected president. He would start drinking more.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and not a single other debater on the dais laughed. They all
4: went,
3: they all, they all went yeah, yeah. Dude. That was funny. He also said, when it came down to Trump and Cruz, uh, he, uh, Lindsay said that it, it was like a choice between drinking poison and shooting yourself in the head. <laughs> but Bobby Jindal had a great line. Paiush Bobby Jindal uh, said that, uh, of course, Trump's never read the Bible. He's not in the Bible. <laughs> Those, those are the three best lines, yeah.
2: Actually, today there was a Republican pundit on CNN who called the Trump campaign a turd tornado. So, <laughs>
3: there you go. <laughs> well, I, I was going to ask if we could say turd on the radio.
2: I guess that... <laughs> Apparently, we can say it on toy. CNN, right?
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Ted, uh, Ted Cruz, no sense of humor. And it's funny because Ted Cruz, you know, Alan Dershowitz said he was the smartest student he ever had at Harvard Law. Wow. Yeah, but Ted, quite mad.
2: Uh, That I think there may be some Harvard Law graduates. (laughs) None too pleased about that,
3: (laughs) including a couple Supreme Court judges. But uh, I doubt if Ted Cruz could actually win a majority of the voices in his own head.
4: (laughs) And, and
3: you know, Boehner, John Boehner, said that that Cruz was Lucifer in the flesh. And then Peter King, congressman from New York, said that was an unfair comparison to Lucifer. <laughs> and those are the Republicans.
2: <laughs> uh, so I mean, sort of on the on the tails of that question, in terms of uh, if you're a down ticket candidate, what do you do?
1: Thank you for joining us for this week-to-week presentation of a recent Commonwealth Club program. I'm John Zipperer, host of Week to Week, and I invite you to find us online at commonwealthclub.org and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.